You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University's School of Journalism, Media and Culture. In each episode, brought to you by the MA Broadcast Journalism students, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, Chris, Ashley and myself, Sevda, will be talking to Akhil Ahmed. Firstly, we wanted to ask why it's so important to have people of diverse backgrounds in a newsroom. I think it's important to have people who represent the whole of society. And when we talk about diversity, diversity is not necessarily just about colour of skin. It's about gender. It's about ability. It's uh, also about people at class, for me, is a really big issue. Ge- you know, geography, all of those things. Because once you represent everybody or, you have a, or, or people understand difference then there's nothing you can't do. And I think if you don't have those people involved in the process, then you end up in situations where you don't really understand the story as well. Mm-hmm. And you might not get stories. The, 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 the more different, different thinking that you have, that's why I'm more obsessed with less with the colour of people's skin, if you look at cultural diversity, mm-hmm. and more about where they come from and what the backgrounds are. And if you have people with very, very different backgrounds, then you're more likely to get some stories that you might miss if you don't have those people. BAME representation in leadership roles at the BBC in 2018 stood at 10.4%. And their target for 2020, which is not too far away, is 15%. So do you think that's achievable? And can the BBC be doing more? Well, I think it's only fair to say that this this should be across the board, not just the BBC. So there are other broadcasters, obviously, not just the BBC. Um, Now then, so that's one one thing now if we say to if we were to say you know um is it achievable everything is achievable if we were to say how were those figures going to be um made to work well you could open up who becomes a senior leader you could open up all of those things you could increase the headcount from various different places you could say right we're going to have this particular grade is part of our leadership from now on. So then you change. You could do all of those things. If we were to talk about people with real positions of authority and are those people relevant and directly different, if they are privately educated and have gone to the same kind of universities and the same kind of courses and live in the same parts of the country, I, I, don't, know, I don't see what the point is, quite frankly. So for me, I'm less, even though I was one of those people putting, who made those figures kind of like happen in conversations and 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 was part of those and 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 believe in it in many respects i think the problem is is that you can manipulate those figures to say whatever you want to say if you can say oh we've got great cultural diversity you've got all this bane but actually you might have people who went to i don't know eton or oxford or cambridge and, and actually the fact of the matter is there's a lot of that so i think that's not going to make much of a difference so what really has to happen is that actually for them to really be successful is to have people who are different and actually do you know what celebrate that difference So firstly, I wanted to ask what you would consider to be your most important piece of work or what work you feel has had the biggest impact and why? That's a very good question. Um, So if I was to break it down, I mean, one of the most important pieces of work, I suppose, is a very little known film I made many, many years ago as a young young researcher, which was about uh, uh, corruption in the halal meat industry, which is about 1992, 93. Uh, And the reason why it's important is because we kind of like the, there was no regulate not little regulation of that industry now this is a multi-billion pound a year a week industry right um 
but there's no regulation of it and it's grown. And if we go back to that lecture and talking about demographic change and all the rest of it, this is, a, is going to get an industry that is going to get bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and so that corruption and documentary that was made, by well, we made, um, uh, now is way more important than it was then because all the regulatory bodies have come in literally the next day after that film went out. And, um, and ba- basically now people are able to police and own this industry uh, and and it wasn't there before it was just basically if I say it's halal it's halal and as we proved that wasn't the case in certain instances you know with big produce big providers big suppliers etc as well as small suppliers so in that sense that's been a that that I know has had a huge impact on everybody's life and there's been a few like that the second thing I wanted to ask, um, one of the things that really struck in uh, the talk you just gave was about the fact that diversity is not a nice to have. It's something that really is integral to keeping your job and doing your job well. So what can UK broadcasters do to better represent Britain today? Well, there's, there's on screen and on air, you know, whether you're a newspaper, or radio or television, you can have more people but who are more representative in terms of that they may sound and look like people. But that's not enough, is it? Because looking and sounding necessarily isn't reflective of basically difference. So having more people who are very, very different and having them at the top. You know what? If it's, if, and I, I would consider if we'd been running certain broadcasters for the amount of years that we've been running and people who've been involved in them for a number of years, if they have failed to do things for, and succeed that, you know, there'd be some kind of, I don't say punishment, but there'd be some kind of steps in place to actually reward or, or, or for this to be an issue with regards to your delivery of your job. But it doesn't seem to be an issue. So I think the broadcasters are in a very difficult place, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, in that they've failed for so many years. And actually, they've never been held to account. And I think with Ofcom now, we have, the, for the first time, an understanding from a body above the broadcasters that actually we might have to make this happen as well. And I'm not saying that that's what they are doing, because even though I'm a non-exec director, of it, that's not speaking on behalf of Ofcom. That's just my kind of like take, that they're now more involved than previously they were. And... And I think that's because a lot of people have managed to have conversations and it's got out there in the open that there is this kind of like, how many chances do you need, Mr. Broadcaster, before you actually get it right? Because I've said this before and I do think it's, it's, it's real, which is we must be one of the most unluckiest industries on the planet because we seem to get these people in. They don't. And then none of them go all the way to the top. Either we're just really appointing rubbish people or the system is broke. Yeah, and we can't be that unlucky. You'd think the odd one might make it, but the fact of the matter is, we do make it to a certain level. That's, I mean, that's disingenuous. It's not really fair. But you know, why aren't we running any of these channels? Why aren't we running any of these broadcasters? Why is it that so many of us leave? It's because failure doesn't seem to be acknowledged, or if it does, it's just dismissed because it doesn't stop someone from getting a job. And I think that we would have very, I think we have very different opinions on different things. But when it comes to diversity, I just don't think we take it, I don't think broadcasters have taken it as seriously as they, as they say they have. Because if, ha- if they did take it so seriously, heads would, heads would roll. And even junior heads have not rolled. You know, there's that whole thing, you know, when something goes wrong, the deputy head will roll. When it comes to diversity, no one's head rolls.
And lastly, just to finish, um, what advice would you give to someone starting out in journalism and what key skills do you think are really important? Yeah, I, I could probably cut and paste this from lots of different <laughs> things that I've said before. But you know what? Standing out, uh, being a hard worker. I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I, I you know, the hours that I, I put in still, but the hours I really put in at the start were, you know, were full on. Uh, and um, talk to as many different people as possible, because you know what? You just don't know where an idea is going to come from. Uh, and you've got to be very resilient, you know, you've got to be able to take knockbacks. Things don't work and you've got to keep persevering and persevering. Um, I think that, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to be too much of a jack of all trades, but at the same time, you don't want to focus too much on one specific thing as well, unless that's all you want to do. Yeah. So if you want to be a sports produce, reporter, producer, whatever, that's all you do. Right. Don't do anything else. That's all you do. But if you don't want to be pigeonholed and I, and I, and I, and I would talk about say and I get lots of Muslim journalists say to me all I get is work on Islam and I say well let's have a look at your CV and say well you know that's all you've ever done I think it's a lot easier if you don't do that and then do that later on so I wasn't a Muslim until a lot later if that makes any sense in people's eyes so uh, I think that's one bit of advice I'd give people is actually to think about where you want to be and how you want to get there and what the thing? What are the things that will stop you from getting there? And what are the things that will help you? So, what are the blockers? What are the derailers? How do I get around them? How do I navigate them? It's as, as silly as it sounds. It's it's the one. The mo- these are the most important things, because without thinking about what you want your career to be, you will maybe sleepwalk into making the wrong decisions. There's no guarantee that the decisions you make are the right ones if they're not thought through as part of a, a journey you want to go on. Thank you for your time, Akhil Ahmed.